Hey, welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry, the co-founder of Ignite DA. Always appreciate you joining us no matter where, where you get your podcasts. We are there and always glad to uh, hear this gentleman's voice on the other end of the line. And that's dental's pharmacology expert, Tom Viola. Tom, how are you, man? Kevin, I'm doing fine, my friend. It is always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. We've been doing so many of these podcasts. I think people are like, oh, yeah, it's the Kevin and Tom show. Exactly. You know, we may have to reframe this thing, you know, put our faces on there or something, I tell you. No, I, I mean, the, the thing I love about you, other than that you're just a good human being, and is that you you have such great information. And, and I'll tell you, the feedback I get from our assistants and our listening audience is that they always love to have you on. So, Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, brother. I appreciate it. Hey, brother. The feeling is mutual. I love working with you. You know that. I respect you as a human. And honestly, all I get is positive feedback from us doing these together. And I'm thinking, wow, I want to do more of these. You know, there's never a dearth of information for us to cover in pharmacology. That's for sure. So, Well, and let's dive into today's topic. You know, and I hate to be all negative here, Tom, but I'm just going to be that way. You know, with dental implant failure. You know, yes. fail, failures happen. And, and you're hearing some research on one of the re- some of the reasons, I should say, why dental implants are failing. And uh, let's dive into it, man. Yeah, I'm going to talk about, uh, just because I wanted to make sure that in the time we have, we covered probably the three most likely causes of medication-induced uh, dental implant failure. And, and one of them is medications that you, well, three of them are medications that you wouldn't ordinarily associate with dental implant failure because they seem so widely, uh, you know, out of the realm. They seem so widely distanced from dentistry that uh, you may not uh, even think about it. And that's one thing that I love to do with you in these podcasts is make our audiences think and make them think about what they don't know and how yeah. they can impact dentistry. And, and so I'm just going to throw them out there. Kevin, we'll go through each one. I want to talk about SSRIs, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Lexapro and, and uh, Zoloft. Okay. Uh, then we're going to talk about PPIs, uh, Nexium, Prilosec, and then we're going to talk about a drug that's not well as well known as those uh, classes, but methotrexate, which is often used for rheumatoid arthritis, which is a big uh, or, or widely uh, diagnosed condition in the U.S. So if, I want to just throw this question out up front. You know, if, if you're a part of the people who are listening to this podcast right now, before we get into it, do you know that these three medications have been linked to early dental implant failure? And if you don't, now's a good time for you to kind of make some mental notes. So yeah. let's so let's talk about SSRIs first, okay? Good. Now, first things first, SSRIs, these selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, as they're known, uh, are widely viewed as antidepressants. But we, you and I both know that they're actually used almost as commonly for treating anxiety. Yep, absolutely. So that's the first thing is, you know, what, what are they used for? But when it comes to SSRIs and their impact on dentistry, a lot of clinicians know that SSRIs may increase the risk of bleeding, um, that when they're combined with a drug like tramadol, they can lead to an uh, increased risk of serotonin syndrome, and that they're responsible for, but not entirely responsible for, some of the clenching and the bruxism that people who take these medications experience. And, and it's it's uh, chicken or egg here, right? Because is it the depression and or anxiety that's causing the clenching? Whereas the medication being used to treat the anxiety and depression causing the punching. So it's kind of hard to tell. And, and you know, you and I talked earlier on, a, on an earlier podcast about how this has ramped up with COVID-19, the pandemic, everything that's changed in our lives. A lot more patients are relying on these medications maybe than ever before. Well, if they're reading my cooking, definitely, Kevin. I mean, <laughs> it's almost like an insurance policy. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> 
No, I will tell you that, you know, you're right, because the pandemic basically imprisoned us, right, yeah. in, in our own homes. And I've, I've spoken at length about this. I call it the stupid virus, you know, that uh, oh, yeah. it, it thought that it was going to win by conquer and, and, and divide. But actually, uh, we, we were resilient as a species and we overcame, obviously. But uh, the point is, you're right. It, it led to an increased uh, frequency of people suffering negative emotions because of being cooped up, right? So yeah. here's the thing. These drugs on on their own have lots of effects, which we talked about, but because they work on a specific receptor to raise serotonin levels in the brain, not many dental clinicians know that that action, that activity at that serotonin receptor makes these drugs also work at other serotonin receptors at, at, around the body, including those receptors that are responsible for osteoblastic and osteoclastic activity. Hmm. So as it turns out, when you're taking an SSRI like Lexapro, Prozac, Zoloft, you're at greater risk for dental implant failure. I call it early uh, dental implant failure because the, these drugs necessarily interfere with bony homeostasis and therefore interfere with osteointegration of the implant. And wow. so that's a cause of early implant failure. Maybe the person listening right now never heard of that before. And, you know, it's not something that's widely known, but it should be because yeah, people take it Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm thinking there's a lot of folks out there that uh, are, are very surprised to hear that. And again, that's why we're thankful to have experts like you come on and, and share knowledge, man. So good Thank stuff. You. Appreciate it. Now, the next one, uh, proton pump inhibitors, like, you know, and you got to be careful with these drugs, because as you know, as well as I do, Kevin, these are also available over the counter now. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about uh, proton pump inhibitors like Nexium, Prilosec, Prevacid, Yes, there are other over-the-counter drugs that are, can be used for suppressing acid production, like Zantac and Tagamet, and they have a similar effect to these drugs that we're going to be describing. But these drugs mostly cause problems with dental implants because of the way they work. So we're not talking about Rolaids or Tums or antacids that chemically neutralize acid that's already been produced. We're talking about drugs that reduce the production of stomach acid. So before it's even produced, it's shut down. Okay. Okay. What the heck does that have to do with implants? Violet? That's a, actually a good thing because any dental professional knows that reflux, for example, you know, where the acid's refluxing out of the stomach into the esophagus can, you know, that reflux can occur in, in, in higher, high enough amounts that the acid can actually reach the mouth and, and cause damage to the dentition and damage to the salivary oh, yeah. glands. Right. So we know all that. So it's a good thing to take the drugs, right? Well, that would make sense. But here's the problem. As these, these drugs, these proton pump inhibitors, negate stomach acid, squash stomach acid production so much that the patient who takes these drugs long-term can't produce enough stomach acid to absorb sufficient amounts of calcium from their diet, hmm. along with magnesium and uh, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, There's even iron. So there's a bunch of different... Uh, what I call vitamins and minerals that are, you know, squashed uh, out of your diet because of taking these medications. And again, if I'm going to say it, it's going to be a thousand times when you don't have sufficient calcium uptake from your diet, that interferes with bony homeostasis, that interferes with an osseointegration of an implant, and that can lead to early dental implant failure. It's amazing to think about the domino effect. I mean, it really is because you think, well, I'm taking this for one thing, but so often a consumer, a dental professional would never maybe connect those dots. And, and that's a, a scary thought in all honesty. 
And again, and that's why, man, you've heard me. I talk all about medical history mysteries and, you know, about how people are, are so in tune with their medical history, but maybe not share it with us, the dental professionals, and how we on the opposite end of that coin sometimes don't ask the right questions when we're trying to get a medical history. Because who would think that, you know, if you said to somebody, what medications do you take? Not many people would say, well, I buy that stuff over the counter for heartburn. Is that a medication? And they may not even think to mention it. So yeah, that's, right. that's the biggest problem. Yeah. And, and I think without the knowledge that you're bringing to the table, you know, there, there's so many times that, like you said, medical history, we would never think to put two and two together. And, and it just raises such an alarm for me in the mind uh, of, of a dental patient that, man, I've got to be more proactive in really explaining the things that I, I don't think anything about, but I've got to do that now whenever I go into the practice. Agreed, buddy. And that's the thing. And, and that's why this this last drug we're going to talk about is even more, and I don't want to use the word insidious in a negative tone. I mean, it's insidious. Like, man, I would never make this connection between a drug used to treat this disease and implant failure. Yep. And of course, the disease we're talking about is rheumatoid arthritis, which a lot of people have now more than ever. We're doing a better job in diagnosing the condition. Um, but the drug used to treat it is typically rheumatrex or, or low-dose methotrexate. So not the methotrexate, even though methotrexate is used to treat cancer, uh, it's not that dose. It's a much lower dose, right? So, okay, rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease, right? And therefore, methotrexate can be used to ameliorate some of the symptoms of uh, rheumatoid arthritis by sort of squashing the immune response, which makes total sense. However, what comes out of left field, and not many of us know about the mechanism entirely, is that methotrexate can have a negative effect on osseointegration. And we don't really know why or how. We're still working on it. We, we suspect it has something to do with uh, inflammatory cytokines and, and their role in, in, in allowing bone to regenerate. Uh, but in this case, again, we've had enough case reports to show that patients who take low-dose methotrexate for their RA end up having an increased frequency of um, dental implant failure. It's fascinating to me. I mean, it really is because, yeah, you would never think to put that together. And, and yet, obviously, it's causing issues. And obviously, this is a something that so if, if I'm a dental assistant and, and my, my uh, uh, rheumatoid arthritis is ticked off on that medical history box, is it something that we start talking about that even before there's any thought of a dental implant? Or, is, or what's the suggestion here? Because I want to make sure we're, we're putting two and two together. Well, you nailed it, buddy, because that's exactly where I, I love dental assistants because they've always said this. They are the front door and the back door to the practice. You know, they're the first person that greets you on the clinical side and then the last person that says goodbye to you on the clinical side. So this is where dental assistants shine, okay? Because unlike the dental hygienists and, and the dentists that are more involved in, you know, getting the actual procedure done, the dental assistant is part of that valuable team that surrounds the other professionals in the office and, and in their own right as professionals really are are so valuable because they can ask those questions even before anyone else has a chance to. You're taking the medical history and rheumatoid arthritis is clicked off. Okay, the first question now maybe should be, what medication do you take for your RA? Yeah. Let, let's even separate it from methotrexate and say uh, you're taking Humira. Well, Humira is, an, is an auto, a drug used to treat autoimmune diseases by squashing your immunity. So automatically, even if I wasn't thinking about early implant failure, I'd be worried about secondary infections, opportunistic infections, you know, fu fungal pharyngitis, candidiasis, you know, viral infections. 
So all, all the pharmacology that you and I talk about all the time is so valuable to dental assistants because you get to ask those questions. Um, patient says they have GERD, okay? They write it down on, a, on their medical history, but they don't list any medications to treat GERD. Well, that's an open invitation to ask. So do you take something over the counter for that? Oh yeah, I take, you know, a Prilosec over the counter. Well, that's important to know, right? And, and even with the SSRIs, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about the fact that they take a drug to treat anxiety or depression, but they might check the box on their medical history. So start the conversation, you know, and right. what do you take and, and see if that you know, jars enough information out of them that you can now say, well, I got to be careful. This person's in here for implants and they're, they're taking one or two medications that can increase the risk of failure. And one question that I've heard asked of you a couple of times whenever I've heard you speak, and I'm anxious to actually be in a room and hear you speak again, by the way, is what happens whenever the patient doesn't know the medication they're taking or doesn't know the dosage? What do you suggest in that, in that respect? So they're on, they take a, they're on, they have diabetes and they take the blue one. I've heard that one a lot. Oh, what medication? Yeah, the blue one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. That helps. Yeah. That narrows it down to a thousand. That's good. Okay. So... (laughs) And I'm not making fun of patients because if you're a lay person, honestly, if you're not involved in medicine or dentistry, how the heck can you keep all this stuff straight? I, even I struggle and I do it every day. So uh, the point is, um, I've often told hygienists, assistants and dentists, reach out to the pharmacies. You know, they're busy, too. I get it. And, but you're all covered under PHI and HIPAA and, and you, you can get that information pretty quickly. Just keep in mind that not everybody gets their medications from pharmacies or the same pharmacy. Right. Good points. Uh, and, and Tom, thank God that, that there are people like you out there that kind of connect these dots and, and help people understand. And I know that we've we've touched on the surface of some very important things here. And I've got a feeling there's going to be more questions. There's going to be more conversation. And so obviously, let's let's figure out a way that they can get in touch with with the expert who is you, uh, you know, and, instead of listening to this middleman drab on and on here. So how, how do they find you? How do they reach out for more information about what we've talked about today? First of all, but you never give yourself enough credit on these podcasts. And I want everybody to know that Kevin Henry is a master of what he does. And he <laughs> is single-handedly responsible for promoting the profession of dental assisting throughout this country. So you deserve credit, my friend, for what you I, I surround myself with smart people. That always helps, I'm telling you. So <laughs> thanks, though. No, you were. You were. Well. I'd be flexing right back at you, brother. All right. Tell them how to get a hold of you, my friend. <laughs> so anybody can reach me anytime at my website. It's tomviola.com. Very original name for a website. Yes. And uh, uh, and you can you know, find me there. You can read my blog. You can read articles about the stuff that we talk about all the time. You can take courses for continuing education credits on demand if you want. Uh, get your certificate immediately, you know, and, or you could just find me on social media, you know, pharmacology declassified is where I'm listed in all those social media websites, just so that, you know, I try to be consistent in the information I present, but also if you've got a, a demanding case, a medically complex patient, and you want some advice, I'm always happy to help. Just shoot me an email and, and, and you know, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, like, like I said, at the very start, Tom's just one of the best dudes on, on the planet, but I've, I've seen him answer questions. I've seen him talk to attendees, whether it's virtual or live and, and really dive in and take the time to listen to them. So thanks as always for sharing the knowledge, man, and doing the homework uh, ahead of time. Uh, it's, it's much appreciated. Thanks for seeing me, man. Always looking, looking forward to doing more of these with you, man. Let's get, let's get more of the books. I have a feeling we'll be talking real soon. Just a shot in the dark. And our, our listeners know that as well. I have a feeling. But, but anyway, no, please check out all the resources that Tom has. I'll also say that Tom has a course available on Ignite DDS University. 
Uh, you can find that at IgniteDDSUniversity.com. Lots of ways to find out what this man is thinking and to have him in your corner, uh, which is a really important thing, especially as we come out of this pandemic. Hey, thank you so much for listening to us. We hope you're subscribed to us. If not, hey, take a minute, subscribe so that you get the latest episodes first. We always want to hear what do you want to know from guests like Tom Viola. If that's uh, something, uh, reach out to us through the Ignite DA Facebook page. Drop us a line. We always love to hear from you. But for now, Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA, signing off. Wishing you a great day, week, month, and year ahead. Together, we rise.